Welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Avengers Endgame premiered and up on the site under the Avengers tab, you can find everything from the Ringer staff's exit survey full of reactions and takeaways, an emergency big picture podcast with Sean Fennessy and Mallory Rubin, as well as lots of other coverage on the Marvel Universe as a whole. Also up on the site, Robert Mays and Kevin Clark are breaking down the NFL draft, and Haley O'Shaughnessy, Jonathan Charks, and Dan Devine are keeping you up to date with the NBA playoffs. You can check all of these things out on TheRinger.com. Yo, yo, yo! This is Donnie Kwok, East Coast Bureau Chief of The Ringer. We are here in the midst of a content windfall this spring. Game of Thrones, Avengers Endgame, NBA playoffs, even the NHL playoffs, the Champions League. You can read about all of the above on TheRinger.com, great website. We are not here to discuss any of that today. No, today is the time to strike first, strike hard, no mercy. That's right. This is the Recapables for Cobra Kai Season 2. With me to talk about it in the Ringer NYC studio are my colleagues, Robbie Almeida and Miguel Suri. I'm sorry, it's actually Chris Almeida and Miles Suri. What's up, boys? How are you doing, Sensei? Wow. I'm glad to be here, but guys, nobody took off their shoes before entering the pod <laughs> studio. We're disrespecting the dojo already. We are in the Ringer Doe, talking about Cobra Kai Season 2. But first of all, before we get going, before we do a plot recap, before we get into our MVPs and LVPs, and favorite moments. Let me just ask you guys a simple question. Why do you love Cobra Kai? Miles. Well, at this company, I just have to cover a lot of shows. And in the past year and a half, you know, you sort of have like preconceived notions about certain programming where like you probably shouldn't have a bias before you see something. But when I heard that YouTube was making a TV series sequel to The Karate Kid. YouTube Premium. Yeah, sorry. It, well, it used to be called YouTube Red. They changed the name. I have no idea why. Bad name. This is Bad actually name. the show when it the season one, which launched in 2018. This is the yeah. show that put YouTube Red slash Premium on, yeah, the, on map. the map. Yeah. yeah. So it just sounded like an absurd premise. It was coming from the guys who did Harold and Kumar and Hot Sub Time Machine, which Great you know movies. aren't yeah aren't bad movies, but it's not like the kind of pedigree you're like, oh, this could be pretty legit. The Karate Kid had already had at least one too many sequels. To yeah, there it. was the Jane Smith remake, which we yeah. all try to forget. So yeah, it was one of those things where the expectations were subfloor and it turned out to be pretty good. I think it was really cool that they turned Johnny Lawrence from like a very one-dimensional villain who had a cool bike and a girlfriend <laughs> into like this really sympathetic figure who has like PTSD from a crane kick and is like an alcoholic dad. <laughs> it's uh, It was pretty good stuff. That narrative is yeah. introduced in season one with the reintroduction of Johnny Lawrence. Chris, why do you love Cobra Kai so much? Because you've been talking Cobra Kai mantras for the last week. It leans entirely into how absurd the entire premise of the Karate Kid franchise is. I feel like the movie is very beloved, but it wanted you to take the whole idea that a karate tournament was very serious. Like It wanted you to take that seriously. I think this show knows how ridiculous it is that there are people running around the valley karate kicking each other. And Dude, karate doesn't, is like the <laughs> focal point of your life. <laughs> they combine that with all the other characters just being totally absurd. You know, Daniel LaRusso like cutting up bonsai trees in his backyard and they're like, oh, this guy's crazy. Now, you, yeah. you guys obviously didn't watch the original Karate Kid movie when it came out because it we, came we out when boys. you were yeah, like negative, negative 10 years 10, old. Yes. Yeah. So, you didn't have the experience like I did, being from an older generation, of actually yeah, yeah. watching well, the Karate Kid when it came out and wanting to do karate based on seeing that movie. 
Yeah, I was gonna say like, was it was it different back then? And like during the Prohibition era, was, was karate like a, a big deal in high school? <laughs> karate had its moment. It definitely had its moment. Let's let's do a quick plot recap before we get into <laughs> season two. As Chris continues to mock me, you'll recall that season one, which came out last year of Cobra Kai, began 34 years after Daniel Larusso defeated Johnny Lawrence at the All Valley Karate Tournament. I like the way also how Daniel San pronounces karate all the time as karate. <laughs> anyway, what, what is cultural appropriation? <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> so, in season one, we are reintroduced to both Daniel and Johnny in the present day. Now, both in middle age, Daniel is a successful car dealer and a family man. And Johnny, how would you describe Johnny? Basically, a down and out loser. He's a handyman. He's just like kind of a He's, local yeah, townie, a washed, negligent dad. I yeah, guess. a washed, negligent dad. So, by season's end, and this is season one. Johnny has found new purpose in his life by restarting the Cobra Kai dojo and attracting a band of misfit kids, including his star pupil and neighbor, Miguel Diaz. And in the season one finale, at the 50th anniversary of the All-Valley Karate Championship, Miguel defeats, in classic dirty Cobra Kai fashion, Daniel's protege, Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane, actually also a famous Irish footballer. Robbie Keane happens to be Johnny's estranged son. And in the final scene of the season, the little cliffhanger that kept us waiting for season two, the villainous sensei, John Kreese, the creator of the Cobra Kai Dojo and philosophy, reappears back from the dead at the Cobra Kai Dojo to confront Johnny. And that sets the table for season two, which actually just launched a week ago. It's a dojo versus dojo rivalry throughout season two in which Daniel restarts Miyagi-Do to combat the rise of Cobra Kai in what co-creator Hayden Schlossberg calls a fight for the soul of the valley. <laughs> Not too dramatic, right? So <laughs> no, not at all. In season two, we see the continuation of many rivalries and the birth of new ones. It's Cobra Kai versus Miyagi-Do. It's Daniel versus Johnny. It's Johnny versus Kreese. It's Robbie Keane versus Miguel Diaz. It's Hawk versus Dimitri. It's Daniel's daughter, Samantha, versus the new girl, Tori. With a Y. With a y. There's two chubby kids that battle. There's two pint-sized nerds that battle. <laughs> it all culminates in the final episode. No Mercy, a huge, sprawling 10-minute fight between Cobra Kai and Miyagi-Do students in their high school, ending with a serious, even possibly fatal injury to Miguel at the hands of Robbie. We're left with Kreese retaking over Cobra Kai and Johnny back at another crossroads. Wow, a lot of plot. So let's just cut to the end real quick. When Robbie sends Miguel flying over the banister or over the staircase, and he's plummeting, and lands on his back and is unconscious there. Did that guy take you guys by surprise or were you shocked at that development? Not exactly. I felt I felt like that fight had gotten so out of hand that it was basically a riot in the school that it had to end with Very some little kind of, you know, yeah. It had to end with some kind of dramatic injury or, or a death. Otherwise, how was it ever going to stop? Everyone was just kind of going out of control like I feel like I kind of thought it was going to be Daniel's daughter Sam to get it because the thumbnail had her like laying prone right, plus, plus uh, Tori got out those spikes the spike she, bracelet yeah. Yeah. that would have been pretty brutal Yeah, are we Honestly. supposed to just accept that somebody is walking around with a bracelet made of knives and, and everyone's cool with that I know it's cool just kind of a spiky bracelet you know it's sort of like They're having brass making knuckles making blade noises I don't know it, it's <laughs> look it's for dramatic effect guys this is cinema I gotta say though you know what a week for pop culture we got Thanos you know snapping his fingers we got the Night King we got John Kreese I mean what, what, a, what a time to just watch stuff I mean, I guess it's like villains are having a moment. Villains are really having a moment. Let's go to our tweet-length reviews of Cobra Kai Season 2. I'll start with you, Miles. Pain and insecurity exists in all dojos. Wow, that's deep. 
So basically, you're saying whether you're on the quote-unquote good side or bad side, and I guess we learned that there really is no good or bad. We're all the same. We all kind of suffer from the same vices and insecurities. Yeah, I, I think, like, especially the second season, I think kind of the thesis statement for the for the season was what Johnny was telling his students about the gray areas. You know, he used to think about things in a very black and white way, but he was saying, you know, the way my Cobra Kai should be, we show mercy when we when we need to. Like, we don't always have to be that kind of person, the strike hard, strike fast, yeah, no mercy basically guy. a modernization of the yeah. original Cobra Kai, no mercy. Yeah, it's like, be a badass, but also be a good person when the opportunity calls for it. Right. Yeah. Chris, your tweet length review. A, B, R, always be rebranding. I think that if this show has taught us anything, I think that it's, you always got to be on the look for the rebrand. Hawk was the first one to do it. You know, he, he, Got a huge back tattoo. He changed his hairstyle. <laughs> he did flips, added a sound effect to all the stuff he did. That was the first one. But did he, I think, he, did, is it fair to say he went from incel to Chad? Oh, dear God. <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> but I think <laughs> most of the rest of the show has been a lot of characters kind of rediscovering themselves, presenting themselves in new ways. Robbie, you know, went from being a kind of a juvenile, like delinquent, a petty thief to being, you know, the the good guy. Now maybe to a bit of an aggressor again. Right. You know, Johnny obviously went from being a very one dimensional bad guy to a person who, you know, corrects Crease when he calls Miguel Mexican and because and somebody Ecuadorian. Yeah. And, you know, will stand up for women and, this show is a lot about people kind of changing and changing the way right. they redemption. themselves. Yeah. The redemption narrative. I guess the only non-redeemable character is Kreese. Yeah, although I think it was interesting that they still painted him in a sympathetic light. Right, uh, at the homeless shelter. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, you kind of feel bad for him that moment. You don't have, like, a full idea of, like, what he's trying to do, kind of lead the Cobra Kai mutiny, make karate great again kind of <laughs> so thing he's, he's peddling. So, he, so basically Kreese had you fooled, too. I mean, I figured he would still have like some villainous intentions but like you know it's like with Johnny and in the original Karate Kid you know they they were just fleshing out like a one-dimensional character and I thought it sort of made sense given what we knew about him yeah I mean it also remains to be seen what happens in season three which we'll get into if Kreese has another redemptive arc and also Tori who's kind of the new villain on the kid side if, if she kind of cleans up her act all right my tweet length review it's actually a couple quotes from the show just when they let their guard down that's when you strike the hardest. That was Crease. And then Carmen, who's Miguel's mom, said the only way to end a rivalry is for someone to rise above it. I thought that was good. These are actually just quotes, not really tweets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what Quote Miles tweet. was alluding to, though, the nothing is black or white. It's all shades of gray. That's from like a great Johnny monologue. I liked that. And everyone deserves a second chance, which speaks to what you were saying, Chris, like the redemption narrative that's heavy within all the characters. And also the importance of honor in general. There's 10 episodes. Usually Recapables is like a one episode per Recapables episode. We're doing a whole season here. There were 10 episodes of Cobra Kai season two. Which one was your favorite? Uh, I would have to go with No Mercy, the finale. I mean, it's just building up to that, you know, that high school fight. And And you also get the Daniel Johnny fight in the beginning, which is awesome. Although although it's a bit of a a tease because they don't really throw down because then the kid's like, yo, dad, stop. (laughs) Uh, Sam's fine. She just hung over. Yeah. Hey, yeah, he mounted that too. He, he worked really hard on that TV. <laughs> you know, the fight was uh, really well executed because 
I didn't get an opportunity to revisit it this weekend just because of all the throne stuff that was happening. But there was a, a moment, you know, when they're fighting in the lockers where they have a really long, continuous take. Right. And, you know, it's not exactly like Daredevil hallway fight impressive, but the <laughs> fact that they were like... A little ongbak. Yeah, a little bit. Um, <laughs> but no, it was, it, was a, it was impressive. You know, I'm not even sure how much training those kids had, but they really executed the scene yeah, well, I, I read a, there's a there's a story on IndieWire about that exact scene or that specific finale scene and they talked kind of about the nuts and bolts of making it happen and yeah. how it was difficult because obviously they're kids fighting but that with their stunt coordinators they were able to pull it off and I don't know I think it said four days or something uh, really the fighting across the whole series is really impressive because you know a lot of the time with this you're looking for the seams especially with the old karate kid it being very obvious that they're not hitting each other and this being a YouTube series you're like oh the, the choreography probably wouldn't be that great and it looks incredible. It's really impressive that they went for the long take because, yeah. you know, you're not always going to do that well. So is is that your favorite episode as well? No, I actually, Ooh. my my favorite episode was um, episode three, interestingly named, I guess for this week, Fire and Ice. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's the one that opens with Johnny discovering that the internet exists <laughs> in 2019, which this is this is my favorite bit of the whole series. I think that, Miles, has, Miles <laughs> has some thoughts on this later, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> that, that Johnny Lawrence basically uh, ceased to exist between the end of the Karate Kid Part 2 and now. And he's just like, oh, um, uh, let me open up this uh, web browser and type in hot babes. Is that uh, how we, we could do it? It kind that of now? escalates too, right? It's like <laughs> hot babes, wet t shirts. Dude, dude almost <laughs> went to YouTube Red. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in that same episode, they showed the Miyagi Do promo, which is on, playing in between YouTube videos, which, man, that must have cost a lot of money the filming of the cobra kai counter commercial which l- reminded me a lot of uh, rex kwando from napoleon dynamite <laughs> oh my god uh, <laughs> uh, again good when pull, good pull <laughs> when he's like oh throw thunderstruck over that and uh <laughs> robinson she's like oh we don't have the rights to it and he's like no, 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 I own it. The cassette's in the car. <laughs> that, yeah, Johnny has a lot of great one-liners in his does. little tech rebirth. And then that episode ends, obviously, with the Valley Fest and the dueling demonstrations, which was a cool spectacle, if totally absurd. Yeah. You know, so that was my favorite. A cool spectacle, if totally absurd, is a good tweet-length review yeah. of the whole series. Episode 10 is the obvious answer for me, too, the No Mercy finale. Uh, but I'm going to give a shout-out to Episode 6, Take a Right. That's the reunion episode, the nostalgia episode for all the old-school Karate Kid fans where the old Cobra Kai gang gets reunited and one of them dies at the end. But they had a great bar fight before that. <laughs> they had a great bar fight before it. And then Episode 9, the penultimate episode, Pulpo, which sounds like a Gucci Mane album or something. But I like that scene just because of the double date at the Mexican restaurant where you kind of see... <laughs> some of the melting of the ice between uh, Daniel and Johnny thanks to their respective, well, Daniel's wife and Miguel's mom who Johnny begins to date. All right, let's move on to MVP of Cobra Kai Season 2, Miles or Chris. Chris, you go first. Well, I think that Miles and I are in agreement here. It's Johnny Lawrence, the man. He's William Do you think think more so than season one? Like season two is even further, like more layers to the character? For sure, yeah. I mean, it's shown him... Progress from, you know, a very regressive, like, I'm still in the 80s. I don't understand what (laughs) is going on at all. I'm going to say really inappropriate things. Character to realizing that some of those things are inappropriate. So it shows that he wasn't necessarily a guy with bad intentions, but that he kind of just didn't understand what was going on. And he's like in the right place at heart. I think that adding a villain, a more pure villain 
to the show allowed him to come more over to Cre- crease. You know, you're talking about yes. Yeah. Uh, it gave him a counterpart. It gave him someone to push off of to kind of become a better person. Right. Quick segue here. Uh, when George Lucas was working on the critically acclaimed Star Wars prequels, he said that Jar Jar Binks was the key to all of this. So he he done goofed. But um, that's basically what Johnny Lawrence is to the Karate Kid. Like, it doesn't work if Johnny isn't, like, a compelling three-dimensional character. Like, if he was still kind of the one-dimensional jerk that he was in the Karate Kid and it never showed him growing as a person, then the show wouldn't work. But they do a good job mixing those elements of him trying to break out of that stereotypical 80s jock shell, like thinking using technology just makes you a nerd. Like no (laughs) one has thought about that for a while. And, and, you know, like really serious emotional beats, like when he was talking to Miguel about how like he basically failed Robbie from day one by not even going to the hospital to to see him when he was born. So like they're doing a really good job with that character. And William Zabka is really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's a lot of kind of like man tears or like clenching back tears for Johnny Lawrence in this Yeah, season. you just you gotta wipe the Metallica tears. Because <laughs> in the finale too, when he's listening to Miguel's voicemail that he left him, that's kind of a uh, heart and throat moment. So no one thinks Ralph Macchio as Daniel LaRusso is an MVP? I think that he's just a bit of too much of a goody-goody to, to be very likable. Is it, yeah. is it also conversely since Johnny experiences so much growth from season one, episode one to season two, episode 10? And Daniel doesn't really, it kind of uh, makes Johnny much more of a sympathetic character. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't think, you know, Daniel LaRusso is bad by any means. It's just like this really is like Johnny's show. Like right. the Karate Kids were his movies, but this is like Johnny's show and he sort of gets to play second fiddle. But he's, I mean, it's still a, a good like someone to sort of balance out like Johnny's sort of still kind of douchey tendencies at times to have like the guy who sort of, he learned the Miyagi way, like he's still got those, yeah, those values in him. But you see that he has a, a bit of an edge and a bit of an ego and he gets he gets jealous. And I think that that's an interesting counterpoint for sure. All right, let me go into my MVPs. Johnny Lawrence is kind of a unanimous MVP. Uh, here's a few other characters and I want to see what you guys feel about him. We already talked about Tori with a Y, the vodka stealing, spike bracelet wearing, badass chick that just, Kind of just appears out of nowhere and starts wreaking havoc. Yeah, did they explain that, or is she? Like, oh, she went to the school the whole time, but now she's no. she came in the town just ready to throw down. Okay. I don't know. Sure. I mean, it's one of those kind of like sitcom conventions where things are getting a little stale, and they just drop a new student in. That yeah, yeah, is like a source. The girl of next door who also like throws Miguel down on the mat. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys make of Raymond, aka Chubbs, aka Stingray, aka Edward Forty Hands? Who's kind of all right, just, <laughs> just put it into context? It's a guy that uh, Johnny runs into at like a Walmart, like Home store, Depot, or a Home yeah, Depot like yeah. store, and it's this guy's like obsessed with the '80s, and he sees Johnny's Metallica shirt and immediately starts spouting out trivia. This and is like a grown adult, a grown adult, and he ends up joining Cobra Kai and then becomes a source of comic relief throughout the season. I read online some people were kind of cringing at his jokes I thought it was a little overboard but I thought it was always he was always funny whenever he was no no I'm anti-stingray I think oh uh, I was gonna save this for our picking nit section but I might as well just lay it out now I don't know I feel like having a character like stingray like you know a less is more approach would have been better right I mean but, he wasn't in it that much though I don't know the fact that like he won that um, Coyote Creek Challenge yeah Coyote right. Creek Challenge just like really like they're just gonna have Stingray like the comic relief guy actually win at, this. at Coyote Creek the beginning of that scene or that yeah. episode is where he introduces the Stingray alter ego and basically he's turned his goatee into like a scorpion's tail the Stingray yeah, tail I, mean, I guess a braid yeah. Yeah. yeah good for him the 80s are over my guy <laughs> <laughs> Almeida you didn't like Stingray or you did I, I did <sighs> 
Like, you really got to pick your spots with that. I think the three are, uh, first, the rebrand, obviously, when he turns himself into Stingray. When he pops up at the end of Coyote Creek, that was funny. I think actually having him win was a bit much, but I think him attempting that move is just ridiculous. How about, how about him in, I, the, in the finale? The like, Edward Forty Hands was incredible. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was that was really funny. Edward Forty I, Hands, for good. those who don't know, is when you duct tape <laughs> 40s to your hands and this adult male is at a high school party. <laughs> also, the fact he brings a date and he's like, yeah, these are my friends. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of his appearance in the finale where he's like interviewing to be the security guard and is immediately thrust into action? Like, Knocking kids into lockers. <laughs> Maybe it's just a sign that like I'm getting older. I was just like like depressed. Or I'm like, dude, this is your life right <laughs> yeah, now. Like, this, is, this is a tough, tough look. Is, yeah, it's a bad tough look. look. So, is it fair to say, Miles, that Stingray then is one of your LVPs for least valuable player? We uh, those now. Uh, no, no, I'm gonna give my LVP to Hawk. Hawk. Ah. Yes. First of all, originally Rack- known as Eli, the yes. bedwetter, but. I'll just call him Hawk because it is a good name. I'll give him that. But first of all, miraculously, my guy Hawk only had the second worst grooming decision in pop culture this past week because we also got Hawkeye's new look in Endgame. Oh, I'm not going to spoil Endgame, but if you've seen a trailer, he's got this mohawk and he looks like the kind of dude who has like starts fights at strip malls and like his Facebook cover photo is like a military helicopter. So (laughs) not a good look. (laughs) But sorry, back to Hawk. Also just, you know, questionable mohawk questionable back tattoo and he sort of become the show's successor to Johnny Lawrence you know a very one-dimensional teen who sort of has retrograde views on what's cool and what's not and a little sadistic a little sadistic and I think I, I like the way he fights in the show is kind of an extension of his personality it's very flashy and reckless it's sort of appropriate given how he sort of perceives what karate is supposed to be were you a little bit more sympathetic to Hawk's plight. I mean, obviously in season one, you see him as a nerd, the pre-Hawk transformation. But in season two, at the beginning of episode five, yeah. there's like a cold opener, a little small scene where they show him know, getting, but well, at, yeah, at home after. In the aftermath of yeah. the bullying. And that, that actually made me feel for him a little bit. Or yeah, no, I, I'm sympathetic toward him. I think the show eventually will sort of kind of go full circle with him and he'll realize like, maybe I shouldn't be an asshole. But I think for now, like, Obviously, not it, this whole season was not a good look for Hawk, but I mean, it's you need like the kid villains, and I feel like him and Tori are are kind of a good pairing. And who knows, maybe, maybe we'll get, like a, get together. Yeah, maybe uh, a Tori Hawk oh, ship because Hawk's girl now is bisexual or lesbian. She's making out with a girl at her. Yeah, house she can party. do whatever she wants. She's, Sonny, she's, she's not with Hawk. <laughs> yeah, she's not she's with not with Hawk. <laughs> Moon yeah. is not with Hawk. Chris, who's your LVP? My LVP is Hawk's counterpart at my Miyagi Do, Dimitri. Who Dimitri. is just a whiny prick the entire <laughs> show? He's he whines about his enemies. He whines about what, his do friends. You give he whines about something? his sensei. Oh, he's like, got some great one-liners though. He yeah, does. He, th- that does was, snitches get immunity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> snitches get immunity is is one of my favorite quotes of the series. But but really, he's just giving everyone trouble. Like I guess he sort of comes around at the end when he is fighting Hawk in the school fight and manages to turn the tables and kick Hell Hawk into the roundhouse. trophy case. Yeah. Uh, that was, you know, totally implausible given that <laughs> one episode, like, I know the karate progression here is really <laughs> exponential, but from not the being, adrenaline, bro. <laughs> also, I think Hawk underestimated him. He's like, totally. there's no way this dude's yeah. got to move on me. So, but you know, can I, I, can I just interrupt you for one second? If Dimitri was a real life person, he would definitely be reading the ringer. But like, what, I feel he like, would be like, I think he'd be references. a big binge mode guy. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, he definitely would and, not him be. Him and Daniel are like trading thrones references. Yeah, he'd like, be like, you catch out the latest binge or like, nah, dude, I'm throwing game all the way. Like, <laughs> he'd he def- be a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely would not be reading uh, Kevin O'Connor's breakdowns, I don't think. But, you know, no, no. coverage. He's he, he might be a Lindbergh guy for baseball, though. Yeah. Like, heavy on the stats. All right, so we you love our like, coworkers. <laughs> Miles LV, LVP is Hawk. Chris's is Dimitri. I have a few. These are minor players. Daniel's son, Anthony. The only thing he did in season one is play his Nintendo Switch or whatever, his phone. The only thing he does in season two, same thing. He really serves no purpose. I don't even know why the character exists. I don't know. I'm excited for his Fortnite arc next season. <laughs> <laughs> I know in season three, he could become a badass or start doing karate. But yeah. every time I see him, I'm just like, go away. The aforementioned Moon, who's Hawk's ex. Well, why is she an LVP? Because I feel like, first of all, no disrespect. I guess this is heavy disrespect. That <laughs> actor who plays her is pretty bad. The way she delivers the lines. Yeah, it's and these also, are kid actors. It's it's a low. Yeah, bar. okay. I, I'll lay off. A that. lot of the other kid actors are doing. I'll really lay off well. the acting, but I'll also say that she's just annoying. She just kind of like her role in the plot is to just host parties or get in car accidents with other characters. Yeah, or, I you feel know. like I feel like this season they tried to pivot hard to make her have a different role. They turned her from like kind of the the preppy valley girl into like the hippie and it Well, let's didn't not forget re- in season one she was part of the bullying squad, right? Right. With, against Aisha, so. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that didn't work so now we're trying this. It didn't really work. Yeah, I, I don't know where that pivot came from for me. Yeah, kind of like mean girls to like, have you tried this new CBD product? <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a bit surprising. <laughs> and then, as much as I loved the reunion episode, I have to say, and Chris, you were just mentioning how good the kids are at acting. The OG Cobra Kai guys from the 80s. There were parts of that sequence where I thought I was watching like a Cialis commercial. <laughs> like a five-minute Cialis commercial. Because that was about the level of acting of some of the guys. <laughs> I mean, much respect to them. And it, was, and it tickled me to actually look into Google and see which character. Because, I mean, Tommy looked like Tommy just without hair. But the other guys, I had to kind of Google and, and figure out who they were. All right, here is a special category specific to Cobra Kai. We talk about how the original story is in the 80s. This is updated for the aughts. So in updating it, there are like discrepancies and there's some kind of subtle commentary about woke culture and how life is in 2019 vis-a-vis the 80s. So for this category, we're calling it the most 2019 moment of Cobra Kai season two. Who wants to go first? Miles. Um... <laughs> or Chris, you go first. Uh, okay, so my one of my my favorite moments because this is something I I think that I was talking about a lot during season one is uh after Daniel uh, puts up the Miyagi Do commercial, a lot of people are in the comments <laughs> accusing him of cultural appropriation. Which, like, yeah, a lot of this the Japanese culture he's appropriated is just mad over the top in season one with the bonsai trees and like, oh, let me cut the tuna for you at the table. I They taught me this. I, I am definitely from Okinawa and not New Jersey. Okay, <laughs> call me like, Daniel-san. <laughs> re- relax, man. But so They call that like weeaboo? Like otaku? Yeah. And so uh, in the comments there, you know, people are calling him all kinds of stuff, including Daniel the racist, which, uh, you know, Good I, I'd expect that from YouTube comments. <laughs> so I, I think I, I, I misinterpreted this uh, section. Answer of, however you want. Miles. Yeah, I, uh, I, I thought the, the, the cringiest moment was Daniel trying to impress his wife at the car dealership with child labor. 
Um, I forgot what what was that. He, he had all the the kids wax on and wax off oh. uh, the at the car dealership. Oh, like literally, like child labor. He, like. Yeah, he, he <laughs> I was. Thought you meant like birth. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the other kind. No, I just thought it was really funny because like he's trying to show his wife like, see, I can run Miyagi Do and you know the Russo Auto parts or whatever they're what are, what are they called the Russo something the Russo Autos. Yeah, yeah. the Russo. Right, they're not. Uh, body parts I mean, shop, like, um, if, the competition. If, if you guys yeah. were 15 or 16 years old you would definitely join Cobra Kai right over Miyagi-Do um, I think it depends if I saw what Miyagi-Do looked like it just looks like a like a good spa right and if there's something you guys should but know about me I, I'm a I'd be fine with that I'm I was, a spa I bitch. was really like kind of a self-righteous prick in high school so probably I'd be at Miyagi-Do I don't know he said in high school in high school <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. so my 2019 moment Early on, I don't know if it's episode one or episode two, Johnny's on the phone at the dojo and uh, fielding a call from a prospective student. And he goes, male, female, gender what? Is this a prank call? (laughs) So I thought that was funny. I guess, you know, Johnny kind of... He doesn't. He doesn't have the internet. How would he know? Yeah, yeah. So his his, his views on race uh, evolved in season one and now gender fluidity in season two. Actually, this is a question I talked you guys about offline do you think johnny is a maga man okay so I, if, I, if the karate kid reality has a donald trump in it i've been the the leader in the johnny is not maga camp again like libertarian or i i don't think that he's really thought about any of this <laughs> in depth enough to to give an alignment i think that his progression has definitely shown he's not set in anything right. certainly not enough to be like i'm a libertarian right I, I That's a charitable view on Johnny. Yeah, I wonder if he even knows what elections are. I, <laughs> I will say though, I think Crease might be a bit more MAGA if we're gonna yeah. talk Kreese about is the two. Definitely. No, MAGA. the thing is, if Crease has a similar like, I discover the internet moment, he would be plowing through Infowars like it would be nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was hilarious when Crease was talking about Mogadishu and Miguel was like. And he was, he's, and you know, Chris says Rwanda, and and Miguel's like, it's actually in Somalia. He's like, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> when you're in the jungle. <laughs> Shout out to Martin Cove, the actor who plays Chris, though, because he's like in his seventies. Yeah, I mean, he honestly looked like leather that had been worn out and just left in the sun for like <laughs> twenty looks years. Like a Southern California yeah. old man, <laughs> but it's a good look for him. We touched on this earlier about Daniel actually being the bad guy or or being a dick, because there is a lot of chatter on the internet about that. Do you guys want to speak further on that or? Well, I think the show showed that like neither Johnny's version of Kurobukai or Miyagi-Do is perfect because, you know, like Cobra Kai is flashy and it's fun and like maybe a lot of high schoolers would like go to Cobra Kai, but it's also the same dude that like endangered a bunch of kids by having them trained in like a cement mixer. <laughs> and <laughs> that yeah, was weird. Yeah, that was so yeah weird. that's definitely not how cement trucks yeah. work. Not, not, and, don't think so. Yeah. But and then the thing is for Miyagi Do with the chores, the general vibe, I find it relaxing. Other people might find it boring as shit. I think same thing with the gray areas. Like they need to strike a balance between like honor, mercy, being badass. Like the perfect dojo would take the best qualities of Miyagi-Do and Cobra Kai. And Ooh, sounds like a little precursor to season three. Maybe. Put, put me on the writing staff, guys. <laughs> we mention, or we talk about a lot, the 80s nostalgia and how it kind of has the feel of an 80s movie at times. So that means it has like a lot of montages and cheesy moments. Were there any cheesy moments in season two that stood out above the rest? I'll give you mine real quick. There's a scene where Daniel's just walking on the beach in a contemplative, kind of reflective mood. He's thinking about Miyagi. As he, he's kind of low-key obsessed with yeah, Miyagi. Th- High-key obsessed with Miyagi. But as he's thinking about him, he thinks he sees Miyagi fishing in the distance. And it actually is some Mexican guy who's just fishing who gives him 
I guess, channeling Miyagi somehow from heaven and tells him something about, you know, there's a lot of fish in the sea or something to that effect, or you got to throw your bait out and wait and be patient. And then there's like this swell of music. And I thought that was highly cheesy. Can I just say the whole show? Like, I, 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 lo- I love Cobra Kai to death, but I mean, the whole thing is cheesy. I mean, I'm a sucker for like a good training montage and, and this season had plenty of them. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Chris, I, yeah. yeah, for mine... Uh, at the beginning of season two, uh, Miguel is warming up uh, the rest of the Cobra Kai's, and then he dabs, and they all dab. Oh and yeah, I love that. <laughs> sorry, Donnie, but that uh, made just so me, you know, I love dabbing. Made me want to vaporize myself. Uh, <laughs> so you know, Thanos, please. <laughs> we talked about the epic season finale fight, but that's just one of many fights over the season. I'll just go name them and you guys can tell me what's your second favorite fight because assuming that the finale is the best. There's Johnny versus Kreese in the first episode. There's the fight between the kids at the country club. There's the boardwalk fight with Daniel and Robbie and Robbie's old gang. There's the mall eatery fight scene. There's the reunion fight at the pool hall where actually I think Johnny rips out the dude's gauge earring, which is pretty nasty. Miguel versus Hawk at Coyote Creek. The roller derby wasn't really a fight, but Sam took out Tori. Uh, Johnny versus Daniel at Johnny's apartment. And then, of course, the finale, which we're going to all say is the best. What was the second best fight for you guys? I think the Coyote Creek fight was probably my second favorite. Which was Miguel and Hawk finally kind of... Yeah, yeah. I, I would have to say probably the bar fight just because it was like a Cialis, Cialis commercial that just went metal as shit. So that was a good time. Ripping out the gay jeering, I, I actually just winced because that looked... I, I kind of had the opposite reaction. It was a little concerning. I was like, fuck yeah. Like, <laughs> those guys are dicks. That's like always my fear whenever I see anyone with gauges. I'm like, oh no, that's going to happen. Anyway. Anyway, you guys are 90s babies, as we mentioned. Thank you. I, I'm a 70s yep. baby, actually. So uh, I just wrote if, down, if you say so. I, <laughs> we haven't seen the birth certificate, Dottie. 1870s? <laughs> I just wrote down just some favorite part, favorite 80s nostalgia. I'll just read it off real quick, and you guys can react if you want to. Iron Eagle and Iron Eagle 2, Johnny's favorite movies. They mentioned Over the Top, which is the Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling movie. Has he talked about Top Gun at all? Not. He's an Iron Eagle dude. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, because I mean, Top Gun's like the prestige version yeah. of Iron Eagle. <laughs> uh, there's a, a part, I think it's in, actually in the last episode when Johnny is dropping off Robbie at school and he talks about Trapper Keepers. You guys know Trapper Keepers? And then, of course, the music, uh, Cruel Summer, Bananarama, which actually was part of the original Karate Kid soundtrack. Absolute banger. Absolute banger. <laughs> Chicago, you're the inspiration. Queen, the show must go on. That's when Tommy dies, literally zipped up in a body bag. That whole time I was like, Speaking of getting the rights, this this one must have been expensive. Yeah. Good for YouTube. YouTube money, man. You remember when Miguel is preparing his little PowerPoint Valentine presentation to get Sam back and it's rock sets, <laughs> listen to your heart is the soundtrack for that. And then, of course, there's an 80s night, a little on the nose with Sam, I guess, as Molly Ringwall from 16 Candles, Tori as Madonna, and Robbie as somebody, James Spader. And then, finally, one quick cameo, Aisha's mom, played by... You guys know who it was? Kim Fields, a.k.a. Tootsie from Facts of Life. I never watched Facts of Life. Okay. All right, let's move on. Picking (laughs) nits. Finding faults. Miles, I'll start with you. What are some nits that you saw in Cobra Kai Season 2? So I touched on both these things earlier, but I didn't like the overuse of the Johnny Lawrence not using technology (laughs) bits. Um it's just kind of hard to believe that like a dude who's running a functional business in 2019 has never heard of Wi-Fi before. Like, <laughs> dude, how do people contact you? Do you not get emails? Well, he, well he, you did not like it. There was just probably, it was probably a bit too exaggerated to believe it. And he was also broke. So, I mean, maybe he couldn't 
afford an internet service provider before starting restarting uh, Cobra Kai? Look, all I'm saying is he afford he could afford a lot of course banquets. You know, he could have invested in some Wi-Fi. <laughs> We've actually seen quite a bit of progress from Johnny from the beginning of season one to the end of season two. He went from a flip phone and no internet to having Wi-Fi, a Dell. An Ericsson smartphone, which he chucked at the end. We'll get to that later. By season three, he might be doing VR. He's on the Facebook now, you know? Yeah, maybe some cryptocurrency. All right, what else? Uh, the other thing was was just the the use of Stingray. Like, the dude just had like a crazy high usage rate. His his purr <laughs> was off the charts. I, no, it wasn't off the charts. It was not efficient. Um, he was the Dion Waiters of the show. Uh, he just, I feel like a character like that is really good as like, quick little bits of comic relief like like if they had a sort of a less is more approach with Stingray going into the third season I think that character would just be a lot better right it's interesting those are the kind of like the two through lines that most people thought were the funniest Johnny's tech backwardness and Stingray but you thought they were both just overdone well I mean I love the technology bits don't get me wrong but we're, we're picking nits here yeah we're picking nits <laughs> Chris what are your nits to pick for Cobra Kai season two I think it's a little bit implausible that if you are trying to covertly trail someone, follow <laughs> them through Los Angeles, that you're going to be able to do it effectively in a uh, Dodge Challenger with racing stripes and Cobras on it. Um, Shout out to the gear shifter, the Cobra gear shifter. Yeah, the Chrome Cobra gear shifter. Where can I get one of those? Thank you. And then when Johnny and all of his old Cobra Kai buddies were going on whatever it was, their last, their last, uh, their wild hogs. Yeah. Journey. You're really telling me that that my guy, who is very clearly about to die, Tommy. is in the hospital, um, doesn't look well, is able to get on a motorcycle and 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 ride it himself and balance properly, and uh, you know not not injure himself. I don't buy it. Cobra Kai never dies, except he died. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He had the adrenaline shooting through him. I I thought it was nice, though, that the the bar guys, you know, when they were picking that fight, I I guess they assumed he had a terminal (laughs) disease because no one was trying to, like... you know, throw down with him. So at least that was that was tasteful of those uh, uh, bar antagonists. Those townies, not not to assault the guy that has... uh, Terminal cancer. But, you know, just because the guy's bald, you don't assume like, well, this guy's going to die soon. Well, the other guy in the crew was bald too, though. He just looked healthier. Yeah. He looked like he, he could throw faster. a punch. <laughs> Here are my nits. Chris, I think you touched on this earlier, but did you guys think that the kids were maybe a little too good at karate for that uh, season finale throwdown? Yeah, I mean, obviously through the whole series, the karate is, is over the top, but it went like way over the top at the end there. Just especially because it's not only Diaz or Robbie or Sam who are doing like, you know, crazy hawk karate flips, but it's even like the little kids or like the, the new guys. And I, like, come on, like scale it back a little. I, I don't know. <laughs> Here's another nit that I picked in a, a little bit of a rewatch or a reskim. I can't remember what episode it was. It might have been episode four, but uh, there's the scene where Robbie, or they suspect Tori of stealing Sam's mom's wallet at the country club. And then Robbie goes under the boardwalk to find the stash where his old crew used to stash, I guess, whatever they stole. And then his old crew comes out. And Robbie's replacement, the guy that's playing him is like a weird... 40-year-old mix between Lou Ferrigno and yeah. Joe Piscopo. He looked like John Cena with like a red wig. And it he had like a Hawaiian strange. shirt on. Yeah. The dude that hits Robbie in the head with the oar. That was just a weird casting choice. I wasn't sure why these two teens would be hanging out with like a 35-year-old. It's like Jack Stingray. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, if you are going to get in a fight on the beach, you want to have the biggest dude available. 
So, <laughs> you know, if it wasn't Daniel LaRusso, he'd probably have won that fight. True indeed. And then finally, another nit. It's a small nit because I still enjoyed the series very much. But I thought maybe, I think uh, somewhere around when Robbie and Sam finally consummate by kissing. (laughs) Consummate's the wrong verb. Finally, Everyone here is 17. (laughs) What Cobra Kai were you watching? (laughs) (laughs) They actually kiss for the first time. And then from that moment forward, they literally kiss like every 10 minutes or every time they're on the screen. And the whole teen drama YA romance aspect gets played to like 100. And it gets a little tiresome. You're like watching, I don't know, uh, Gilmore Girls or Riverdale or something. I don't know, whatever, whatever teen drama show insert there. Donnie, were you never young and in love? In in the 1800s, didn't you ever make out with, with your girl? <laughs> with no electricity? <laughs> Just I, candles. I would also say that this is a minor knit as well. And it's interesting. It shows the contrast between Johnny and Daniel, whereas Johnny immediately picks up on the fact that Miguel and Tori have the hots for each other. Daniel, living under the same roof as two hormonal teenagers. One of which is his kid. One of which is is his own daughter doesn't realize that the two are hooking up. I mean, don't you think that's kind of another example of Daniel's sort of obliviousness? Yeah, because like there's even that thing when they're training. He's like, all right, guys, like we're going into this water and you guys are going to like just stare at each other (laughs) intensely. It's (laughs) going to be very normal. (laughs) Yeah, so I thought Daniel might have been able to read that situation a little better. But overall, I think Daniel's parenting of Sam is a little off. Like... You know, he was kind of a dick dad. I mean, she's not like a drug addict or anything. She's doing fine. Yeah, she's, she's just, doing she's fine. just a little horny. She's doing better than Anthony. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. So let's go into quotes. There's so many quotables from Cobra Kai season two. Uh, let's just go rapid fire. Whoever wants to start, throw me one. So this was Hawk to Miguel. Miguel, you're all Valley champ. You can get any chick you want now. I just want to live in this heightened reality where like karate is the ultimate babe magnet thing in high school. Like I was really good at ping pong, unfortunately. And and rest assured, no one's like, wow, dude, that Miles guy, he's like, he could just slam the paddle. I believe he follows that up with, you're like Drake. And Miguel says, I'm not sure I want to be Drake, which is like a little bit of a Drake shot. But anyway, since you guys didn't watch Karate Kid, obviously when it came out in the 80s. Yes, we didn't exist yet. I think karate did, and martial arts in general, did experience an uptick in participation and interest based on that movie. So do you see that happening with this going on YouTube? Like little 12, 13-year-olds are like, I want to kick ass now? I mean, I think that it's it's tough, especially given that there is no more monoculture after Game of Thrones. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, given that it's a YouTube show and given that, you know— Everyone's split on everything. I think the kids are mostly still focusing on on Fortnite yeah, and or Apex probably, Legends. Given that the people, the majority of people that are enjoying this are probably like in their 30s and up. So, all right, quotes. So, we're speaking of Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot. They pour the Game of Thrones references on heavy during the show. Uh, you know, when Dimitri and Daniel are talking during, while well, Dimitri has just like been protected at, at the mall from all of the uh, Hawk and all of the Cobra Kais. He compares himself to Sam Tarly. He says, oh, like, Robbie and Sam are like Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen, and I'm just Sam Tarly. And Daniel responds, well, Sam Tarly did kill a White Walker. I'm down with the GOT, which is a great dad moment from our guy. I'm down with GOT. Yeah, you know me. All right, I'm going to do Johnny at the uh, episode nine double date with Daniel while the impromptu double date, his order, which is, quote, Palo tacos, hard shell, no green stuff. 
Yeah, <laughs> and a Coors Banquet. <laughs> and a Coors Banquet. And we should also mention that he has a scene in a diner with uh, Miguel, and he tells Miguel, all you need for a good meal, just a hot grill and some quality chuck. So Johnny, a man, you know, this is a guy that eats Slim Jims and slams a Coors Banquet for his breakfast. The dude's internal monologue is just like a bald eagle calling. <laughs> <laughs> he knows cuisine. All right, any more quotes, guys? Sure. So um, this was actually not part of Cobra Kai season two. It was like in a recap video where the cast was just talking about the first season, kind of getting you refreshed before checking out season two. And actress Courtney Hen... I'm going to mess up her last name. Hengler, who plays Daniel LaRusso's wife, Amanda, just describes the show. And this is her only appearance in the whole video. She's like, these grown-ass men still like, wow, well, I'm going to karate fight you. And then just starts laughing about the show. <laughs> it's kind of her stance in the show, her character as well. Like, why are these people fucking so obsessed? Why are these grown-ass men so obsessed with karate? Yeah, there's a, there's another great line when they're, car sales. <laughs> when they're at the, at the restaurant and Daniel and Johnny are sort of jawing at each other. And the waitress comes over and is like, oh, like, do you guys know each other? And Amanda just turns to the waitress and deadpan goes, oh, yeah, they have warring karate dojos, which is it's the the best thing is that the show fully admits how absurd this premise is. And it's winking at you the whole time. And that was really fun. One more from Johnny to Miguel. You can play hide the plantain on your own time, which is a little maybe racially insensitive. Actually, Crease has a lot of kind of like dramatic 80s action movie lines throughout like I'm a broken man Johnny stuff like that but I found it funny when he he had, he met Johnny at the diner and he's ordering uh, from the waitress and he says give me a cup of Sanka red hot just like you doll face and she just kind of <laughs> shoots him a disdainful look and walks away hey the man likes Sanka I should mention everybody should listen to Ralph Macchio aka Daniel LaRusso on the Bill Simmons podcast, he was a guest not too long ago. It's a great episode. Talked a lot about, about the series. We'll do another Recapables when Cobra Kai Season 3 comes out. Thank you, Miles, and thank you, Chris. Thanks. No mercy. Until next time. Mm-hmm.